big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big warm welcome to you. My name is Marion Rose. And I'm Lael Stone. And welcome to our episode on big feelings. We're so excited for this one. And um, should we do a little banter first, Lau? How yes. are you? How's your week yes. been? Well, we just joked then, didn't we? Go, not much has changed. <laughs> well, actually, it has in my week. But how was your week first, Marion? My week, uh, mm, it was interesting. I, we just finished my Conversations with Life course with my dear friend and colleague, Mary Walker. And this, this was an interesting thing that I noticed. As did anyone watch the uh, watch? read the magic faraway tree books when you're a child did you read those yeah, I read them. Yeah, by yeah. the way have you looked to them recently because they're so full of shame and judgment oh. and, no I haven't I, I would have read them long 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 time ago but I can imagine that there was a lot of um not so good stuff in there a lot of shaming in there really if you want to find disconnected domination culture parenting just go and have a read of those anyway um if you read those books as a child or to your children, remember at the top of the world, there'll be one at the top of the tree, there'll be one world that moved yes. away and another one that yes. moved in. And as, as we finished the conversations with life course, Mary and I, it was almost like I could feel this leaving quality that that had left and that there wasn't the next one hadn't quite arrived yet. And there was this kind yeah. of space and this kind of, ah, oh, kind of almost a bit of flatness that lasted for about a day and then I could feel the next course come in Aww, to the top of the tree beautiful. and that the, they kind of almost like the entity or the quality of each course do you find that each offering has its yeah. own um, yeah. quality that that yes. brings its own um, experiences with it so that was quite and also I think I find that every time I run a certain course or create something new like I have to live it a lot yes. often as I'm doing it yes. or as I'm and even in my immersions I do the same eight weeks topic it, there's still something that pops up in my life every week around that topic and I'm like oh gosh this is you know it's still alive there because you're in the energy of it yeah, yeah yeah I always think that that you know that the offering you know it wants to come through us and it wants us to do the next piece of work and also yeah. it often wants us to remember sometimes how things perhaps used to be for us Feel. that they're not anymore yeah. so that we can really resonate and empathize so yeah that was that was a thing and then it's been yeah. the, the bike rides I bought my mum a whole load of flowers She's 90 next well this October she's gonna Aww. be 90 bought her loads of flowers to plant all in her Aww. little pot so here she is at 89 planting all her, beautiful. her, her pots in in the back garden so oh that's really beautiful I love that, that. Nice. how about you lovely Lael well still in lockdown <laughs> as, as, as a, a surprise <laughs> like you, it just, you are winning the world record now. we are we we have got it so but it's interesting I was just reflecting before thinking um you know, it serves such a beautiful purpose for me. Like there's many things, many feelings people have around it, but it has actually afforded me a lot of time to be a lot um, quieter. And not, I was doing a lot of travel for public speaking. And and so I'm not doing that now. Talks are online, which is good, but it's given me the opportunity to be just to be a lot more still, which has been amazing. And so I really was listening to that and have had a month or two of just pulling back from a lot of the stuff I've been doing and lots of quietness. And that's been really great. But I feel like I've come out the other side now just with um, 
yeah, I don't know, just a new excitement of what's coming next. Don't quite know what that looks like, but I just feel in, um, yeah, the, the world feels pretty full on at the moment and it's very full on where I'm living. There's a lot going on here and, and, um, and yet I'm managing to sit in a place where I'm just watching it all and I feel pretty, um, pretty centred. And, um, and that's, that's, that's hard sometimes, you know, when there's a lot of feelings going on and it affects people you love and all sorts of different things. So, so yeah, it's really interesting to just sit and watch and, um, and observe. So I'm feeling really good. I am just in beautiful curiosity. I say that a lot to my clients or people I work with, can you be curious about what's coming up? Like, what if you just sat in curiosity, whether it's about your children or about what you're meant to do in the world. So I'm sitting in delightful curiosity, just waiting to see, where I'm inspired to move next or what happens. So, so I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm, I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling really good and content in that. So yeah, that's this week and, and it can change the next week. So we'll, we'll go with that for now. Yeah. I think these times more than anything else, I, I, what I've really got from them is we just really have no idea what's going to happen. So, and I felt kind of a relief in that. It's like, well, Great, I can let go of trying to make things happen. I can be absolutely willing yes. for a whole load of stuff to happen and to come into the world, but I'm, there's no point trying to make anything happen because who That's knows? It. That is happen. it. That, well, there's a there's a big just gold nugget right there. Don't try and make it happen. Just watch and observe. Yeah, it's good. It's good. All right, let's move into this week's topic because this is one we've spoken about in probably nearly every podcast we we talk about this, but we have had so many new people come and follow us and listen to our podcast, which is so exciting and we're getting so many more messages around people who are really resonating with what we're doing. And so we and wanted love to, to I would love to say from both of us, welcome. If you're new, mm. if you're a new person listening, welcome, welcome. We are mm. so delighted that you're here. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, big feelings, what we're going to talk about today. We wanted to talk a little bit about some of the nuances with it because, you know, as as we will get into in this podcast, you know, we can see that sometimes it can become very confusing for people around how we respond to big feelings and and subtle ways that we can use, you know, coercion or shame or just shutting down of feelings and we don't even realise that we're doing it. So we wanted to dive a little bit deeper into really what when we talk about holding space or meeting kids in, in where they're at with their big feelings, what that could look like. So let's start at the top again, Marion. And for those of you who've been following our journey or we're parenting for a while, I'm sure you know this will this you you know this, but it's always good to hear it again. Let's let's start with the reasons why children have big feelings or all humans really, but let's start with children. Well children experience stresses they experience stresses and traumas and that can be hurts by uh, you could call it a mission or commission so you could see that there are hurts from unmet needs for example so that things that we don't do or things that they don't experience that they actually really need and then there are painful things so I almost think of it as like um and the birds are all here, so I hope you can still hear me. Lots of baby birds above my head. Um, we can almost think of it as not enough of something or too much of something. That's one way of looking at it so that they can experience not enough connection, not enough stimulation, not enough choice and agency and autonomy, or they can experience too much, which might be too much stimulation, overwhelm, um, new things, new experiences, being um, coerced and forced into doing things. So we can look at it in those ways. And 
It's really normal and natural for every child, however much we aim to be compassionate and attuned and respond to their needs and do our own inner work to have upset painful feelings and probably pretty much every day so that's the really helpful thing about aware parenting and different from other styles of parenting I think is of course you want to do everything we can so that they have fewer big feelings and it's impossible to parent in a way that means they have no upset feelings so that's just a given it's part of being human that at times we're going to and even just developmental leaps when they're in a developmental leap leap it's really normal for them to feel really frustrated. That's part of that energy that supports the, you know, I want to be able to walk. I can nearly walk and I can't quite do it. And I'm frustrated, you know, whatever it is. Or I want to be able to write and I, and I don't seem to quite get it. So feelings are a normal, natural part of life. And yes, there are feelings that come from unmet needs and there are feelings that come from past experiences, but we, um, Basically, the more I'm not expressing this as clearly as I would like to, but basically, the bigger the, the thing that happens to them, the more feelings they have, and the more those feelings need to, to be expressed. So, if there's something that's even more um, painful for them, that might be a traumatic event, they're going to have even more big feelings about it. And so, just as children come into the world babies come into the world with this beautiful inbuilt process to release and heal from all stress and all trauma when they um, have the loving environment to do so through crying through raging also through laughter and play to some extent through talking but much less so but also through sweating and shaking all these are these natural forms of release but big feelings crying and raging is such a core part of that and so our job as parents really is to uncondition ourselves around feelings because the disconnected domination culture has seen feelings as mm, well over the years it's gone from as we talked about a few hundred years ago as Aletha Salter talks about in her book so beautifully it used to be seen as um, a sign of the devil if a child was having a tantrum it was seen that they were possessed by the devil and then it's kind of evolved a little bit from there to be seen as misbehavior but to really see if a child is crying or having a tantrum that is a beautiful natural normal release and expression of feelings and of course we want to check out if there are any unmet needs there or if there's anything that's actually painful in the present you know if they've got their foot stuck under a chair there's no point just going yes sweetheart I'm here I'm listening we want to get the chair off their foot of course but given all those other things if we've if we're if their needs are met if there's nothing painful actually happening in the moment our the whole process is really just to be there and listen to, and to deeply, deeply trust this beautiful, natural process that we are all born with. Mm, yeah, that's such a beautiful explanation. And I think the piece that stands out for me as you're talking is, is exactly that bit, us as the adult, that, that can see what's happening and go, there's nothing wrong. Like it's not something wrong. My child is not bad and they're not naughty and they're not wrong. They're just going, hey, this feels really full on for me right in this moment. Or, you know, I got a fright last week and now that's reminding me of the same fright and here's all the feelings I couldn't express at the time. Or, you know, it's I, I don't like it that my older brother keeps taking all the things off me or whatever it is. It's, it's in those moments they're going, hey, this is how I feel about it. And I know I've shared this before on the podcast too, but whenever I see 
and I did this from when my kids were younger, whenever I would see that they would be agitated or I could see that big feelings were about to come or they started to move into, you know, tears or rage because something didn't go the way I wanted it to, I would imagine that they were standing there waving a red flag at me going, can you please help me? I'm having a hard time right now. And what I need in this moment is someone to, to make it safe enough for me to feel what I need to feel so I can then let it go. And so I think that piece is just so pivotal when we lean into where we sit as an adult, because as we've explained in many of our podcasts before, what was done to us when we were children are usually the defaults that we will move towards with our own kids. So whether it's we need to silence them at all costs, whether we need to send them to their room, um, whether we need we get angry when they get upset, like you know how we were responded to by our own parents is often what we will default to or we'll swing really far in the other direction to make sure that you don't, you know, do what your parents did. You know, if you grew up in a very authoritarian household and and that felt incredibly challenging, which it does, and, you know, was very painful for you, then, you know, perhaps somewhere in you, you would say, well, if I ever become a parent, you know, there's no way my kids are going to be hit or yelled at in that way. And so what we can sometimes do is swing to more of that permissive parenting where we don't ever set limits and we try and keep our children happy all the time. And so much of our makeup is if, if I can keep my kids happy, then I'll be a good parent and it'll all be okay. And, and, you know, our own experiences are really impacting how we are meeting our children. And so I think that that really core fundamental piece, if we can sit with yourself as an adult and go, yeah, what is my relationship to to tears and anger and all those big feelings. What did I learn growing up? What does it feel like for me now? And what do I make it mean when I see my kids do that in these moments? And I think they are, you know, there's some three of the really core questions to start with, I think, if you're new to aware parenting to really bring your awareness to yourself of how am I responding when my children are in this state? And, you know, I, I often say, as do you, Marion, that, you know, children are not naughty and no child is doing this to, to make your life hard. You know, when kids are acting out, when they are upset, when they're angry, when they've got big feelings, they're saying, hey, I've reached capacity. This feels too big. I'm trying to find a way to reset myself. And, and this is the way I'm actually doing it. So when we can understand and, as I often say, see behind the behavior, see what's going on, then it can allow us to take steps towards, okay, this is all right. This is not wrong. This is not bad. And how can I help my child navigate what's happening in these moments? Mm, such a shift, isn't it? And I think, um, as we were talking about earlier, that there has been a shift away from really that uh, severe, you know, like they are evil, basically, or they're being they're misbehaving, um, and the judgment and the shame and all of those things. And yet, of course, even in the moving away from that, there still can be, and again, so much love and compassion if you see yourself doing this, to more subtle forms of distraction, which might be, you know, they're right in the middle of trying to have a big cry and you're telling them to take deep breaths or, or getting them to talk or um, trying to fix it uh, when actually clearly what 
the body, the whole system is trying to do is to actually feel, express release so that they feel relieved because it's really uncomfortable to have those feelings bubbling up at the surface if they're being pushed down constantly. And it's almost like we're then pushing against this raging river, trying to, or, you know, a volcano, we're trying to um, stop this beautiful natural energy from coming out. And of course, it's going to be hard work. And if we're trying to distract our child all the time or get them to have deep breaths or or you know it's going to take a lot of effort to be to be doing that and so mm. of course it takes a lot of effort initially to do actually less in some way to actually be there and trust them and listen but in the long term as we get more and more comfortable with big feelings and to, to actually come to really welcome them and embrace them so much easier to, to simply listen yes. of course, we may need to put in some loving limits we may need to saying I'm not willing for you to hit your sister sweetheart and I'm right here and I'm listening but it's still way easier than trying to distract all the time or trying to you know get them to to change that energy into something else into some words or into some breathing whatever it is and I think you know look we we watched a video this week Marin and I were looking at a video this week where um it was a mum just you know trying to stay present with her child when their child was upset and she was doing some of those things like you need to take deep breaths or use your words and the child was really upset and agitated and you know she was kind of holding him like you know look at me and you need to calm down and you know and it was it was compassionate you know and and you know you could see she was trying to stay calm and kind but both of us I think when we watched that video were like oh it, it felt it felt tricky watching it. Well, I felt <laughs> brought up feelings for me because it still felt like subtle types of control or coercion around how I want you to have this expression of feelings going on. And the number one thing that always comes up for me is when we see something like that. And again, you know, I, we always say this in our podcast, but deep compassion to ourselves, wherever we are, we've, you know, we have both Marion and I have everything you've done wrong in parenting, or you think you've done wrong. We have done wrong. Like I've told my kids to use their words and to shush and to, I've tried to give them chocolates and they'll stop crying and all the things, right? We all do that because we sometimes get stretched and we can't hold space and we are learning. And, and again, always coming back to most of us, we never modeled how this looks. So, so much compassion to those pieces. But I think it was interesting for us both, wasn't it, Marion, in watching that video to see the subtle, um, the subtle, almost not so subtle actually, of just like I can see you've got feelings but I kind of want them to stop but I'm kind of going to kind of do it in a way that that looks like it's kind. Now what I watched when I was, what, what came up for me when I watched that video was, well, imagine that that child in that video was me or was an adult and I, I'm getting upset. And I'm, you know, if I was saying to you, Marion, I'm just, I'm so mad. This is what's going on in the world. And it means this and it's that and it's not fair. And I'm yelling and getting upset. And you're sitting there going, Leo, take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. Look at me. Take a deep breath. And I'm like, but I'm just, it's, it's not fair that that's happening. And I feel powerless. And you'll be like, okay, we'll keep using your words. What else? Right. I, I know how I would feel. I'd be like, you're not listening to me. You're not listening to me. I'm trying to tell you I feel mad and I feel angry and I have every right to feel mad and angry. Like I'm annoyed. This doesn't feel fair. And I need to, to express this because I know that once I express it, I'm then probably going to move into the parts that feel painful around it. And then I'm probably going to cry. And then that's when the healing is going to come. And I'm going to feel better because at the end I'm going to have felt heard 
and I'm going to have moved all those big feelings and I've got, and I'm going to have felt them. And, you know, this is the thing that we talk about all the time in aware parenting is that our feelings are never wrong. They are just there and they just want to be felt and expressed so we can let them go. And I think we still live in a bit of a world where particularly with those big angry or upset feelings with children, our default is to fix. Our default is to stop it. Our default is to try and get them to analyze or explain it in their words, you know, and use their words around what's happening instead of being with the actual feelings that are there. And of course, it's hard and it's big. And there's a good reason why we want to fix and get them to use words and not feel it because it can feel really uncomfortable for us as adults. You know, this is, we know this, this is from our own stories because most of us were never heard in that way. And so, you know, I think one of the reasons why we wanted to specifically talk on this topic on this podcast is to bring awareness and attention to where do we do that? And, and we don't often realize. And, um, you know, and again, a lot of compassion if you do do that to, you know, we're all learning and we're all work in progress. But I wonder if you can observe in your own story, when your child does get upset or get angry, do you move quickly to wanting them to take breaths or do something so it stops? Or do you want them to try and explain exactly what's going on? And sometimes, yes, it's an explanation. Like you said, the foot, the chair is on my foot or, you know, I'm just so hungry or just, you know, there's something going on. I can't get my seatbelt on or, you know, and, and those things can be met and those needs are met and then it passes. But how could it feel to actually sit in the big feelings with our kids without needing to fix, without needing to know why, but just meeting those feelings with love and compassion and saying, hey, I'm here and I hear this is hard and keep going. And I really trust that you'll bring all that you need to so it can pass. And I wonder, as I say those words and you're hearing that, what what happens in your body? And I wonder also, as I say that, Does it bring up feelings for you of, well, nobody's ever done that for me or I don't even know what that feels like or there's no way my parents did that. And, you know, these are the pieces that I think are so important to to lean into or to be curious about because, and I think this this is the absolute key piece for me, is that when we meet a child or another adult, who has big feelings and we can sit there in complete compassion and openness and empathy. What we are doing, we are meeting that human in their rawest, wildest moment and saying, I see you and I welcome this and all of you is welcome here. And the message we get as a human is, oh, this is another part of me and this is okay. And I can be this part of me and it's safe for me to be this part of me and and, and, you know, then we begin to understand that we actually can be whole, not just the parts that are good. And so, you know, I think when we get, we go into the nuances of meeting our kids with their big feelings, you know, what messages are we, are we sending them and, and where are those little pieces for you or those edges that pop up as the adult going, oof, but that's a bit hard and that feels uncomfortable. And can you lean into them and be curious and just go, well, what would it look like if I didn't do that and how would that feel? 
such a big yes to all of that so yummy mm, do you know what I'm thinking as well as you were speaking is about unconditional love like if we think about any of our friends or colleagues and how many people have that deep sense of I am loved unconditionally I'm loved exactly as I am there's nothing wrong with me no shame any of that stuff and really to imagine you imagine if very let's not say all but a very large percentage of your feelings were met with love and compassion right from day dot that deep deep sense of um wholeness of rightness of yeah i'm loved exactly as i am and to think how much of the the you know the hurt that goes around or or on on in the world it's really down to just a feeling so many feelings not being welcomed and accepted for most people and you know the other thing I think is so yummy about aware parenting which is in some ways it's complex isn't it of course it takes time to unlearn um, beliefs about children and behavior and feelings and the practices take time to understand and you know there are nuances and you know which kind of attachment play to do where and what's a loving limit actually and all of these things but at some level uh, if we focus on as much as we can doing our own inner work so that we can be with our child's feelings as much as the time as we can and listen to, you know, long rages and big bouts of crying, as well as short patches of frustration, as well as the joy and the wonder and all those things, that actually almost everything that we find challenging as parents is generally down to accumulated unexpressed feelings so the more we are able to listen to those big feelings and you know intensely and bigly and for long patches of time the more relaxed our child feels in their body which means they are present in their body they're not tripping over things they're able to concentrate for long periods when they're sitting and eating when they're hungry they're able to just sit and be quite, you know still in their bodies they're able to fall asleep when they're tired because they feel relaxed they're able to sleep as long as they need to and they're able to wake up and feel happy and contented and uh you know they're gentle and loving and compassionate because that's who they really are and they you know they're just almost everything that we find hard as a parent is often caused by accumulated big feelings painful feelings that's all it is and we think about it for ourselves we have the same when we behave in ways or when we find things challenging so often simply unexpressed feelings that are bubbling up so you want to have a much easier time as a parent this is what I really found you know for me starting off aware parenting right at the beginning was I didn't know about this other stuff I didn't know it was going to help my kids sleep more easily or help them be completely in love with each other or be really present I just really wanted to listen to as many of their feelings as I could and I did and you know there were many more I didn't listen to and I did lots of unenjoyable stuff along the way but what I found was all those things became as byproducts the sleep was effortless they were in love with each other they were gentle they did concentrate for long periods so not only does it help your child's long-term emotional well-being it helps them feel a deep sense of unconditional love that they are loved in the most deepest beautiful places in themselves as you said they're, they're met in their most deepest range their their biggest grief their overwhelm 
but also it makes parenting a whole lot more wonderful because you have these children who feel connected and who want to cooperate and are able to sleep and sleep you know and sleep in the mornings don't wake up at five o'clock and all of the things it just makes life more wonderful for everybody everyone's more wonderful for everybody so yes it's hard work it requires a lot of us for us to shift our own internal relationships to big feelings but gosh the more we do that gosh that sounds very 1950s doesn't it I'm back in the new Blyton world gosh when you have ginger beer and picnics on the land's end everything will be happy jolly hockey sticks <laughs> I, I love what you're saying though and I I really relate you know before I found the way parenting I feel like most of my parenting I was on edge like were people going to get upset you know I would yell you know when things didn't go the way I wanted it to uh, it just there was never any calm because it just I was spending so much of my time trying to keep everybody happy like it just that was my belief if everybody was happy then I was doing a good job as a mum, and yet really inside I was deeply resentful of having to do everything for everybody and 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 what there was an undercurrent really of that everything felt tense right it was like it's I look back now and think the feelings were all just brewing under the surface and so no wonder it didn't feel good um, because nobody was expressing how they really felt and so the number one shift that I saw when we started actually listening to our kids' feelings and when we went, okay, this is a good thing, and when we welcomed it, I no longer felt worried and tense about what was going to happen because my mindset changed, which was, well, if they've got feelings and they bring it, then we listen. And then I began to see the evidence of, ah, then they would come back into balance and then they would feel calmer and they were more cooperative and all the things that you've been saying, Marion. And so I began to just go, oh, this is like a magic magic bullet right? that when I do listen to their feelings I watch them kind of return back into balance and then it becomes easier so I no longer have to be um, on edge around what's going to happen because what I was scared of is the big feelings that's what I was initially scared of right and I tried so hard to stop and make it go away or just keep it all light and happy and you know my husband and I used to say every time we'd have to go out somewhere whether it was to a restaurant or to a park or to you know a supermarket or whatever it always ended up being horrific because you know the kids already had pent-up feelings and then you'd go somewhere and something didn't go the way they wanted it to and then it would all just be horrible and it just did not feel pleasurable as a family and and so I think this is when we started to do this we started to go oh I can actually see the reason why all those things were happening but also I no longer have to be frightened around what's going to happen in the family. And it was the number one thing that that made me stop yelling because I didn't need to yell anymore. I wasn't trying to control them to do stuff. I wasn't going, you're not listening to me. I've asked you five times to do this because I began to realize, oh, they're not connected. Oh, they're not connected. So this is on me. I need to go over and I need to get down low and I need to look them in the eye and touch them on the shoulder and go, sweetheart, we're about to have dinner. Can you come and wash your hands? Or can you go and help me set the table? And hey, let's race to the table. And you know, I started to use play and connection. And then if there was resistance or there was feelings, I could just go, oh, yeah, you're upset. Tell me about it. And it would move where it needed to move. And in the beginning, it was a lot of listening to feelings, you know, and it felt like, you know, I really remember in the beginning going, whoa, God, my whole day job could just be listening to my three kids' feelings, right? And in the beginning, it felt like that. I felt like I can't actually really do anything else because I'm here to help 
you know, and there's a backlog of stuff going on. You know, my son was eight, like, so it was eight years of kind of repressed stuff. And my middle daughter was four and there's a lot of stuff that needed to come out, but I think it helped me go, okay, my job here is to help them process whatever's going on. And in order to do that, how do I meet my needs and fill up my own cup and also get my feelings heard so I can listen to my kids? So, you know, if you are new to the podcast and you're listening to this and you're thinking, yeah, okay, well, that all sounds good, but it's really uncomfortable listening to them be upset or I can't handle it when they get angry or when they yell, I just, I lose it. And so whatever responses or reactions you're having, you know, the antidote to that is, well, what listening do you need? And this is, you know, this is such a core piece of aware parenting, isn't it? That in order to turn up and hold space for our kids and listen to them, we equally need to have that space held for us or we need to have the opportunity to work through our big feelings or our wounds from the past or our past traumas so that we then have that spaciousness to be there for our kids. So again, in the beginning, when I started with aware parenting, you know, I needed, I, I worked with my listening partner every day. I would speak to her or I'd have sessions with people to work through the feelings that were there for me. And I would cry and I would have to process all the, you know, I'm so angry because my four-year-old's doing this. And I would have to work through all my feelings so that I could develop that spaciousness and that, that ability to then hold for my children. And, you know, it was so clear and evident to me right in the beginning that they have to go hand in hand together. We can't do one without the other because we often then do not have the capacity to, to listen and hear in that way. And then, you know, as I started to do that and learnt over those years, it became absolutely a non-negotiable or just the, the incredible barometer of if I didn't feel like I had space to listen to my kids or if I was starting to get a bit angry, that was the sign, oh, you need some more listening time or what do you need for you? Do you need to take some time out? Do you need to set some more limits here? Do you need some listening or what is it for you? That became my barometer of how centered am I? And if I'm not centered, what do I need in these moments? And so I think that's a really beautiful rem- reminder if you are new to aware parenting or even if you've been doing it for a while, where are you sitting within your relationship to your own feelings? You know, the parts from the past you might need to explore um, or, or how are you getting your needs met as a parent so that you then can turn up for your children in the way that you want to? Mm, so core and pivotal, isn't it, Val? I really love that you've included that. And, you know, the other thing I'm thinking as well is, all right, you know, we called it big feelings. So, of course, aware parenting is about deeply accepting and including all the all range of feelings. So that is the, you know, the bits of frustration that show up perhaps as whiny type behaviour. But there's something as well about the journey for us, too, in getting increasingly comfortable with our big feelings. So, you know, I... This isn't just about going, yeah, yeah, I, I felt upset or, you know, my child, I, I, I welcome my child's feelings, you know, in terms of, you know, them talking about them being upset or us saying I feel sad. But there's something about really over time. And of course, each of us is different on this journey. And it's completely different, by the way, being an adult with however, however old we are, many years of accumulated feelings and then all the conclusions that we have on top of that. Uh, sharing our feelings with an empathy buddy or a therapist or an aware parenting instructor compared to a child who is perhaps two or five or eight or however old they are with far fewer, just a few years of accumulated feelings. 
with their own parent or parents. It's a completely different thing. So of course it often will take us longer to get to that point of feeling really comfortable with them. I, I remember when I got really comfortable with those kinds of cries where it's like this, you know, the snot falling on the floor, you know, those kinds of ones that's the sobbing and the, the heart, the, the pain in, in my heart and actually feeling that deep sense of presence with that and, and, you know, really feeling the how powerfully healing it is to really be in those places and to have support, whether that's external, internal, and then to come out the other side and that, you know, being able to see clearly, it's like the, the, the lens of perception has been wiped clean and that relief and the relaxation that comes. And, and of course, you know, if you're listening and you have that sense of, but I have big cries and I just feel worse afterwards, that can often mean that, we've had a sense of being alone with our feelings again. So what was often painful for us as adults, if we were alone with our feelings as a child, is the feelings plus the sense of being alone can, can still be located together, which is why when we're newer to having our feelings heard, it's really important to have a listener, an empathic listener who can be lovingly present with those feelings. As we move along in time, we actually internalize that as we're designed to as children too. So we get more and more comfortable with being having that felt sense of presence inside ourselves. So if you do experience crying and actually feel, you know, it doesn't seem healing for you, that would be my invitation to look at. You know, are you feeling that sense of support and compassion whilst you're crying? Because that is pivotal, just as it is for children. That is why crying on their own is not healing. That, that is not how the healing happens. It needs to be with a loving adult or older person with them who can really listen. But there's something, isn't there, about that, the big feelings that we're here, we're talking about the naturalness and normalness and beauty of a child just having a, a tantrum and raging. And it might be 45 minutes or an hour or longer. I mean, it may, may not always be that long but with the loudest Ah, or crying just sobbing in tears or they're you know they they're raging and they're kind of flailing around and they're sweating this is natural our body is designed to do this our body's designed we're actually releasing the stress hormones that happen in the in the in the stress response those those stress hormones are actually getting released the tension that was built up in our body to either fight or flee is getting released from the body these are absolute natural physiological mechanisms so that's why we really wanted to call it big feelings because this isn't about i feel a bit sad this is about the and it includes that but it goes right up to really big feelings and right now in the world of course as well you know, but anytime it's really normal and natural for all children and all adults to feel big feelings and i want to say one more thing which is i've so often heard over the years parents come and say Oh, but my child, my child has really big feelings as if there's something wrong with their child for having big feelings like that. And, and I think it's so often because it is easy to suppress a child's feelings. We can so easily give them that message to, you know, um, have something to eat instead or, you know, watch a screen or whatever it is. It really actually requires our um, well, real willingness to listen deeply and it's really normal and natural for every single child to have really really big intense feelings and every single adult to have really really big intense feelings and there is nothing wrong with that that is actually what's really healthy about all of us mm, I love that yes as, as you're talking I'm 
thinking about when you're talking about the bigness of the feelings, when I, um, you know, maybe 10, 11 years ago, I had pretty intense PTSD and from a trauma I had experienced. And I went to do some um, body work with this amazing practitioner. She, she held such a really strong, huge, steady space. And basically she had her hands on my head or something. And, you know, I was very aware of the trauma that was there. And, and from the space that she held, which was very safe, I firstly started laughing hysterically and then I moved into crying and then I moved into screaming. <laughs> I remember thinking if someone's standing outside this room, they'll be like, what is happening to that woman? In <laughs> but I remember screaming and yelling and moving my body and it was one of the first experiences I had had as a, as a human of being held so steadily in that knowing there was nothing wrong. And and it was like, I remember in the intensity of it, it was like, this has to come out, but there was something so freeing in it being moved and coming out. And I remember really clearly thinking, whoa, this is powerful. This is power. And this has been sitting inside of me stuck for 30 plus years. You know, it's not just about the trauma that happened to me. This is a lot of other big feelings that are sitting there and that, experience as an adult having someone hold that space for me to move wherever I needed to in in the expansiveness of what was going on was so incredibly powerful which I think really contributed then to me being able to turn up for my children in that way or clients or whatever because just like yeah bring it this is good I see it only as wonderful and fantastic and I'm here and I'm going to keep you safe and or help you feel safe and you know and I am bringing you love and compassion in this there is no judgment there is nothing wrong I'm just here to help you move whatever it is that you need to move it was such a such a powerful experience Uh, I'll never forget that it was such a gift she was such a wonderful practitioner. She just held such a solid, rock solid space. And I was like, oh, I want to learn how to do that. That's amazing. So good. So good. And the other thing I'm thinking about is, um, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, yeah, I get that about the big feelings, but my child doesn't bring the big feelings, right? So I, and I see this sometimes with parents I work with, where they're like, my child won't get upset. So they move into having, you know, what we call a control pattern or a repression mechanism, um, to use your term, Marion, where they just kind of shut down their feelings and they don't express that rage or anger. And so often parents will say to me, well, they just won't cry really or they won't bring those big feelings. And so if if that is your child, then, you know, the invitation would be, okay, so firstly, how does it feel for you and your body around big feelings? You might mentally go, yeah, I can understand the concept and that's really good. But every part of your body might be like, nope, nope, no, no, don't go there. Don't go there. It's too much or it's too confronting. So really, where do you sit? What, what sense do you get if you were to imagine your child doing that? What is going on for you? You know, also, you know, children, in order to have these big feelings and expressions, they need to feel safe. They need to feel that the person who is going to hold that space for them can hold that on some level. So where do we need to create more safety for them? So whether that is, you know, and that's where play can be very beautiful. We've talked about this in many of our podcasts before of actually just focusing on attachment play and laughter and connection first so that they feel connected to us. They feel I can let a bit of my guard down now because this person feels safe for me. And that's where laughter can be so brilliant and and just playing with no agenda and just that beautiful attachment play to help a child feel that connection 
can be beautiful stuff to work on before even those big feelings come. And, and, you know, with some clients I've worked with in the past, you know, they've said that, that their children haven't wanted to release big feelings. And so all they did was focus on play for a few weeks and lots of laughter and lots of connection. And then sure enough, their child would get really angry about something that they wouldn't normally get angry about. And they could start to say, Oh, it's safe enough for the feelings to come now. And so it was a bit of a work in progress, but they began to see that that safety they were bringing and also their willingness to, to be with the feelings and, you know, whatever work they've also done on themselves to be with their own feelings started to create more safety for their child than to release. Mm. Mm, And I'd love to add as well, loving limits, how they come in too as well, because if we are inadvertently just distracting our child or they keep asking for more and more things, if, if a child keeps asking for something and we're, giving them that thing and they're still not happy it generally uh, suggests that they're actually wanting to find a pretext to express some feelings so that's why we might say sweetheart I'm not willing to read you any more books after this 10th one and I'm right here and I'm listening and to listen to those big feelings Um, I do also want to say something about big feelings for adults that um one of the core elements of aware parenting is something called the balance of attention, which is where uh, we're really wanting to create on the one hand, exactly as you said, Lel, the, that safety, that emotional safety, which really comes from our presence and our capacity to listen. And on the other hand of the balance of attention, I see it a bit like a seesaw. The other hand side of the seesaw is the stimulus for the feelings or the thing that's helping them connect with those feelings. And we're really always playing with, again, it's one of the core things in aware parenting as you get more familiar. It's like, uh, uh, where am I in this balance of attention if the child is you know, so got something going on with them. So that's even more important. Well, not even, it's equally important as an adult. So as I was saying before, because we have so many years more of accumulated feelings and all the conclusions we made about ourselves based on that, uh, it is easier for adults to become flooded or to for them to go into feelings in a way that isn't bringing healing. So I do really want to say that, that that's, um, you know, that's a really important thing as an adult to be, to be feeling feelings and expressing feelings in a way that we exactly as I said that we do feel that sense of support and connection and safety otherwise we could be just crying and um, you know but feeling flooded or overwhelmed and that doesn't bring healing so it's really important to to understand that Um, I remember that in my younger days before I had children was training as a therapist and sometimes I'd be you know, having to cry and thinking oh this is great but it it, you know it wasn't actually bringing healing because I was you know judging myself or just you know feeling alone again or whatever it was so I really wanted to say that that the big feelings we can really trust it so much more for children that unless a child has had really severe trauma um, that actually generally if we're present enough that we are going to bring enough safety for their crying if we're aware with them and they're crying it's likely that they're going to be feeling safe enough unless unless and here's another point if we're worried or we're stressed or we're coercing ourselves to listen and we actually completely stretched out or we're worried that something really is wrong with them or why won't they stop crying or maybe they're in pain or maybe they're hungry it's really important to listen to ourselves at those points it's much better I think to actually say something like you know sweetheart I'm not sure what's happening now or you know I'm gonna feed you or you know I'm gonna let's you know let's go and eat something or watch something or whatever it is and to actually go and attend to ourselves rather than try and 
coerce ourselves to listen when we actually don't have the capacity to listen because they feel it if we're not really present again it really requires presence with the big feelings for healing to happen Mm, that is such a really beautiful point Marion that how resourced are we or where do we sit within to do it because you're exactly right it often doesn't work in the way that it is meant to or it's designed to for the child to release and come back into that beautiful homeostasis state if if we are in in those spaces where we cannot be super present and hold so yeah i i have experienced that myself with my children over time and yeah absolutely do um see how important that is and that, and that i think this is again the nuances of what we're talking about here in this podcast but with the way parenting of that you know where are we in this situation right now as the adult what's going on for me how resourced do i feel what are my own feelings coming up here am i creating enough safety for my child so that they can move some of this big stuff like it really does ask you to be very very aware of what's happening for you now sometimes you know some kids are just going to bring their feelings even if you're not feeling resource they're just going to be like here it is and this is what I feel and you don't actually have to work hard for it right? it's just like and you're like okay here we go um, sometimes that's what happens other times children might hold back a bit more you might have to work for it a little bit more to create the safety to do it other children you know they're really sometimes shut down a whole lot of stuff and there's more that we need to do as I said before to create that safety so you know we all sit in different places within it and it can change you know depending on what's going on in our lives or where we are but I think you know the key point is to keep coming back to tuning into ourselves where am I in this scenario right now how am I feeling what's alive for me here what's happening you know what maybe do I need to tend to in order to keep coming back to what I call spaciousness for our children to sit in that spaciousness and say hey I'm here bring whatever you need I've got you, you know, keep going, all those beautiful things. Yum. Mm, yeah. But I, and look, again, I just want to offer, this is not easy. <laughs> like, you know, we talk about it like, oh, yeah, we'll just do this. It's, you know, I think where parenting is, it really does call you into presence, as you are saying, Marion. It really invites you to look at your own stories. It really is this the steps or the pathway to conscious parenting. It really is because it's asking you to be deeply aware of your own stories and your wounds and, and be in those present moments. And that, you know, it's, it it does require something from you to do that. Yet the rewards or the richness from it are not, we don't really do rewards here, but the richness that comes from it are incredible. Absolutely incredible because I think it gives you the relationship with your children that we all deeply crave and want, which is that beautiful mutual respect and connection and compassion and empathy and communication and all those things that I think most people want with their kids. And, you know, for me, it is just so the pathway to achieve that. So do you want to say anything else or should we move on to? No, no. Yeah, do you um, have, um, have an invitation for our lovely listeners to attend mm. themselves? Well, I wonder just, you know, as you listen to this, especially if you're new and you're thinking, oh, yeah, that sounds good and that sounds big, um, 
but how do how do I do that? You know, I would. I was really going to say, you. and can I go and have a piece of chocolate cake now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. You can. Um, I would invite you to go back and listen to our podcasts. Some of the other things we've done because we really do cover it in other ways. Um, you know, with our podcasts on I'm angry and and those ones where we talk about big feelings again, and the ones we've done on um toddlers and tantrums and big feel you know and just I mean every time we really do touch on this in our podcast but go back and have a look at I guess our catalog of of you know conversations because there's a lot there and sometimes we need to hear it many times in order to to get it into our bones so my invitation would be you know keep learning keep learning if it feels a yes for you lean into it you know Aletha Salter's books are amazing to read so you can really understand the foundation of this work and you know listening to our podcasts can be really helpful and finding community of other parents who who also do this can be so helpful to be able to lean into or discuss or or you know ask questions of that can also be super helpful what about for you marion yeah um, uh, i was also thinking too i really we really recommend all of aletha's books but in particular this for this time tears and tantrums would be so apt it's such an amazing book so so i recommend that to everybody um and i would also love to invite you to connect in with have you ever expressed really big feelings and have someone just listen lovingly to you and for you to feel deeply heard and if you haven't but if you have, what do you remember about that? Because it can be a really great thing to call on. And if not, how do you imagine that might be for you? How do you imagine you might feel, what you might experience if you did experience that? Mm, I love that. Now, Marion, you have all the courses <laughs> if people want to learn more about listening to feelings, about finding their own power, about all this stuff. There's so much. I just think everyone should go to your website and have a look at all the things you've got there. There's so much richness there if people want to learn more. Mm, thank you. There's some specific. Well, I was thinking actually because I never say about my, I've got a free introduction to wear parenting, which I never actually mentioned here. So I thought ah. I'm and I have the most relevant one is making friends with children's feelings. Surprise, surprise. Awesome. And I would say, like to say ditto about your website and all your oh, offerings. Exactly. You say your, your intro to Aware Parenting. Yeah, that's ah, just, you've yeah. got an immersion coming up? I do actually have an immersion that's starting on the 11th of October. And that is an eight-week journey. Um, that's a live journey where you get to look at what I call your imprints from your own childhood around all these different elements of aware parenting and how they sit for you and then how that can turn up with your kids. And yeah, it's a, it's a great, beautiful journey. And also have um, my couples course, which is um, to do with your partner, uh, where you can actually again explore through the, the philosophies of aware parenting and how that can look and also get you to inquire about how that turns up for you as a, as parents and um, as a couple and your own childhoods and all those kind of things. So, yeah, there is so much work for people to explore out there, isn't there? <laughs> There's lots so of stuff. Yummy, so much yeah. yumminess. And yeah, yeah. if you're newer to this approach as well, we have a, there's a free Facebook group that is um, called Aware Parenting based on the work of Aletha Salter, PhD. So if you want to come and connect in with that community, we invite you to come along. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. And there's lots of amazing aware parenting instructors all over um, the world, really. So if you do want more support, you can actually go to the aware parenting website. 
Is it a web parenting? Webparenting.com. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and there's all the instructors listed on there. And um, so wherever you are in the world. So if you want some more support with this, then definitely, you know, tap into them because there's amazing people over the world, you know, who really are supporting this work and and who are doing it in their communities. So go and um, tune into them if you want some more help. Mm. Most of all, so much love to you. Thank you for listening to this. And if you had any feelings stirred up through the listening, we send you so much love and compassion. And we hope to see you. Well, we won't be seeing you, but we'll be kind of seeing you next time. (laughs) Beautiful. Thanks, everyone. So much love to you. Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.